Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Friendships supposed to, are supposed to change. They're supposed to change with time, as people do. And that growth isn't always going to be in the same direction. And you all always going to be linear. Friendship isn't going to have the same magnetism. Sometimes you, it's, I'm going to say, you outgrow your friends. Sometimes your friends outgrow you. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Human to Human, a Revolt Network podcast. Human to Human is a space to reimagine self-love, strengthen interpersonal relationships, and peel back the layers of the human experience, one conversation at a time. I'm your host, Stacey Ike, and I'm really glad you're here. This episode's guest is licensed therapist, critical thinker, and girl dad, Kier Gaines. Kier is actually the first guest that we've had on the show for the second time. Shout out to you, Kier. This time, Kier and I got human to human about the ins and outs of friendship and the inevitable moments that come with growing up, growing together, and growing apart. This was the perfect place for two humans to get very real about how to better our friendships and how to be at peace with the ones we have to let go of. As always, I like to start each episode with a few recommendations based on the conversation you're about to hear. This episode's song of the week is Best Friend by Brandy, which I dedicate to my best friend. This week's book is Frentimacy by Sasha Nelson. And while you're listening, reflect on this question. How have you shown up in your friendships in the past? And how would you like to show up in your friendships moving forward? Now, let's get human to human with Care Games. First of all, you are my first guest I've had repeating, and that is for a particular reason. You are one of my favorite people to walk through my curiosities with. I'm like, if I'm curious about something, who do I really want to have like a real conversation with? And it's Kier. So I was like, yeah, we're going to do this with him. I'm so excited to have you back on the show. I'm glad I could be there for you. Yeah, let's let's dive into it, man. I'm yeah. all about curiosity and, and figuring out what is what beyond what, what we think it is. What is what, indeed. So mm-hmm. I will tell you right now, one thing I'm the most curious about is friendships, right? Mm. What's going on with them? how to make new ones as an adult. We have this no new friends thing that Drake gave us for a long time. And then all of a sudden you're like, actually, I might need some new friends, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. might not be the same ones for my whole life. And then also the friends that you've had for 10 plus years, 12 plus years, you know, how do we reinvent those? How do we reset boundaries? When do we re-get to know each other? How do we, you know, experience each other while not making everything a bigger deal. I mean, there's so many experiences I've had in the past year. I would definitely say the pandemic has affected some friendships, some really positively and some not necessarily negative, just like, oh, this change is coming and it's really uncomfortable. And Mm -hmm. I had no plan for it and you had no plan. And now we have to figure it out together. So I don't know if you've Mm -hmm. had some, some really different changes with friendships for you lately. Yeah, absolutely. Changes, friendship changes, are contingent on so many things. To your point, the pandemic has changed a lot. I was just reading an article. I'm back outside and I'm like, man, I'm awkward around people. And I was like, is it just me? And I type, nah. A lot of us are learning to reintegrate and be comfortable around people again. Our friends aren't an exception to that. At your age, I'm 36. Friendships look different. Friendships look different once you have kids, once you get married. It's it's different once you start buying property. Um and also just like culturally, we are in a place where people devalue community a little bit. And, you know, the ego kind of has us leaning on self-reliance a lot more than is probably reasonably feasible for us. So my friendships have changed a lot, a lot. But one thing I've been trying to do is make space for that to be a thing. You know, ideally, we all grow in the same direction. Like that's the way we would love for this movie to play out. I don't know how realistic that is. Things happen in our lives and we collect stuff and it changes the trajectory. You got to move left and right so you don't get crushed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And sometimes you had to move left and go that way. And a couple of friends may have to move right. And by the time y'all reconvene, you realize that the friendship involves two people who are not the same as they were once ago. So a big part of it, to me, is being okay with that. Friendships supposed to, are supposed to transform. They're supposed to change with time, as people do. And that growth isn't always going to be in the same direction. And you all always are going to be linear. The friendship isn't going to have the same magnetism. Sometimes you, it's, 
I'm going to say you outgrow your friends. Mm. Sometimes your friends outgrow you. Uh, and I think the second thing that I'm learning right now is to have conversations, open conversations, especially with the homies. Like, hey, everything good? Like, it shouldn't take for a falling out in order for us to see conflict that's coming to have conversation. Hey, bro, I feel like mm-hmm. you feel some type of way. Everything cool? Mm-hmm. But Stacey, you know, that requires somebody on the other side to be open enough to be like, yeah, this did bother me and explain yeah. what they mean. So yeah. it's an ill two-way street. Yeah. Do you think it's weird if you are able to, first of all, you just said so many beautiful things. So thank you. Because I'm like, wow, question, question, question. I'm about to just, yeah. So I first want to revisit. Do you think it's weird if you are bothered by something your friend did, but you don't address it immediately, right? Let's say you take two months to process it. And at the same time, you are being super friendly, right? Like nothing Mm -hmm. that you don't present that anything has changed, but let's say two months later, you're like, Hey, this bothered me. Mm -hmm. I have done that to a friend and they were like, how could something have bothered you for that long and you didn't say anything? Mm-hmm. And I thought I was giving space to make sure that I questioned me first before mm-hmm. questioning them, right? I'm thinking, oh no, I'm being protective of us and I don't want to come and blame you. Let me evaluate myself before I come to you. Okay, I've had two months. I, and I just say two months because of proximity, right? But that's just what happened. We hadn't seen each other and I like to have those kind of conversations in person. So we have a conversation in person and they were like, how have you been carrying that? And I was like, oh shit, you might think I was doing something else and I thought I was doing another thing. So I don't know if you've experienced that or or if there's some kind, I mean, there's no right or wrong to these things, but what was your, have you had that experience? Yeah, actually, because it's so tricky. There's, there's no definite answer, you know, no two beefs or two tiffs or two pieces of conflict are the same between two people. So there's no, there's no one way to go about it. On one hand, it's like, if I express this right now, there's a chance it may come across like it's more serious than it really is. I haven't really thought about the way that I feel. I haven't processed it. This could cause an issue that probably doesn't need to be. Am I doing too much? I'm not sure this is hot mm. right off the stove. And on the other side, if you if you sit and you process and the other person is not aware that the thing bothered you, and you're just going throughout your process. When they when you come back to it, it may not be as high of a priority to solve as that person. You know, I'm my mindset is I don't care when you bring it to me. If it's an issue with you, it's an issue with you. I try to make room for comfort and all that, but I'm a, I'm a licensed therapist. That's the way my brain works. I can't expect everybody to have that same mindset when I'm voicing my concerns a while after the actual thing happened. So I don't know. There's no one way to go about it. One way I think you don't go about it is to not take that time to think about the way that you feel so you can present it to that person or to present it to that person in a way of like, you know, blaming an accusatory. Stacey, when you said that, you made me feel this way because you're hurt. And it's it's very easy to start gunning when you're hurt. I, yeah. I get it, but it's not helpful. So you want to come from a place of, you know, Stacey, when you said like two weeks ago, I remember when you said this thing and it hurt my feelings. I got to be honest. And then we can have a conversation about it. It doesn't have to be an argument. So it's the way you approach and you come into that thing. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I'm going to, I'm going to take that. Cause I definitely think, you know, you and I have very similar mindsets about just how to process and trying to, to be able to take responsibility before bringing everybody into our stuff. I had to learn that the hard way because blaming mm-hmm. is fun and it's easy, but it's, you know, and not, it feels it's not, good. <laughs> <laughs> it feels damn good. I'm like, oh, it's not me. Perfect. Like, you're right. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's not the best. And especially as you're adulting and growing up and you're recognizing just, oh, this is a part of growing up. I have to be responsible for me, how I feel, what I think, how I react, all the things, right? And so- mm-hmm. I had to recently learn that about myself, just what it takes for me to take responsibility and why I think, oh, let me take time, right? So I don't know if mm-hmm. for you, have you learned anything recent and new about yourself through any friendships? Oh, well, before I say that, you just said something that made my brain spark because mm-hmm. I gave the accountability piece, but I didn't give the softness piece. The mm-hmm. softness piece for people who do take time, you have to realize that your time is your time and your process is your process. I'm guilty of that. Man, I should have had this figured out by then. I'm just sitting and no, 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 no. Your time is your time. You know what I'm saying? You you can't take a cake out the oven early and expect it to be finished just because you have a sense of urgency. It needs time. Mm. Whether it's 10, 15, or 45 minutes in the oven, it needs time. 
You know, you can't pull that thing early, to yeah. your point. Yeah. Have I learned anything about myself through friendships, you ask? Anything new? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, man. I, um, <laughs> yeah, I have. Damn, I'm about to get personal. I, I learned. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada ba ba ba. At participating McDonald's. That for a long time in my early 20s, I don't know what happened. I think I wasn't there though. The lights were on, but what, nobody was home. And that's because I've I've really had to survive on my own for a very long time. And the thing about survival is your brain doesn't just stop because you don't have to do it anymore. And then it becomes mm-hmm. counterproductive to you thriving. And just talking to my friends about that time period in my life, I realized that I was living, but I wasn't recording those moments. I can't tell you what happened. And I'm not no drug abuse, no alcohol abuse, nothing. It's just like a post-traumatic time where. You're trying to adult and crazy things are happening and you're just trying to, you're just trying to hang on. And I wasn't really available for a lot of people, but especially myself in that time. And I didn't know that until we started having these grown conversations at our big age and they're spitting my life back at me. And I'm like, damn, it was like that. I'm like, yeah, bro, it was dark. I was just surviving, Stacey. I'm supposed to, I, I can't see that. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm really starting to, to mesh into this belief that your, your friends are like these mirrors that just hold up an image of you. And depending on how they know you or how they love you, they hold up different parts of you. You know how you can take a picture and every angle is like a different person. <laughs> yeah. Like they hold you up at different angles. And it's amazing if you can accept that criticism because you know it comes from a place of love that you yourself. Mm. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. That's so good. And your friends giving you that reflection, what is it about those relationships that you trusted their reflection? Because sometimes mm-hmm. when we give our friends, you know, reflection, they're like, you're hating or, hey, mm-hmm. you don't see me or, hey, I've grown past that or, hey, or whatever. Right. I've given reflections to friends and they're like, that's not even the re- that's not. Do you really know me? A friend of mine asked me that. And I was so afraid she was right. I'm like, is it possible I'm giving you an old reflection? Right. Or a reflection only I that I had through my judgments or whatever. Right. So what made you trust their reflections? Man, that's, that's brilliant. What you just said, me and my wife talk about that all the time. Sometimes, because when we talk about friendships, remember a relationship is a relationship is a relationship is a relationship. They're different things, but it's the, it's, it's pretty much the same, mm-hmm. same compound. And I said something to her. She was like, babe, when's the last time I actually did that? I think I was afraid to buy her a pair of Jordans. I'm like, you won't complain about it. She's like, babe, when's the last time I complained about something like that? She's right. It's been like five years, but my brain is still there. When she did it all the time, you know? So I'm, I'm, I'm blaming her for a shadow, you know, something that's like residue is no longer there. Um, dang, I'm sorry. You gotta repeat your question because that that just no. Me. It's a it's okay, and I'm you just brought me no for real. So, wish did she owe you an update? Because that's not because <laughs> the thing is, you were doing what you were doing yeah. based on what you the information you had, right? So, right. in year three, was she supposed to say, "Hey, by the way, I'm not gonna complain about Jordans"? Or now, was she right. supposed, you know, like when right. would you have changed? And done a different job and or seen her differently and gotten that update, right? Because that's a whole other thing about updating each other on our new operating systems. Hey, oh, by the way. Damn, I like that. <laughs> by, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I've had to internalize that because, again, that friend said, do you even know me? And I, damn, I was shook. I was yeah. shook because I might have been interpreting her moves, her her reactions to things, her boundaries as, a, as yeah. an operating system she had when we were... 20, you know, I've known her my whole life. That's a hard, you know, that's a lot of changes in one friendship. And it's it's almost a version of mastery too. That's why I'm like, hey girl, we're going to figure this out. Like I want to figure this out with you because it's brilliant that we're able to have, but it's a lot of tough conversations. So oh, even for, sure. for your wife to call that out, I'm so glad that she did. And she's like, hey, like that's not even me anymore. But when else would she have updated you on that? Yeah. And, and the responsibility to see that is actually mine. That's not that's not hers. She's just living her life. I, I don't interpret her the way she interprets herself. And my mm-hmm. interpretation of her isn't her responsibility. But 
to, in all fairness to myself and to you and to the people who don't see these things, internal change, what do you measure it in? What, inches, feet, miles? How do you know? How do you know? Kilograms? Centimeters? You can't measure the amount of change that happens inside of a person. You can only notice it when it's significant enough to spark the idea in your head. This is, huh, this is different than it used to be. And when that's consistent enough for you to say, oh, well, maybe this isn't just an occurrence. This is the way that they do things. Mm. It hinges on so many movable parts. That's why I hate when we overcomplicate the concept of relationships, because it's a million interwoven little strands intersecting at all these different points at a billion miles per hour, you know? (laughs) (laughs) That is deep. That is deep. So if we oversimplify, you said we overcomplicate or we oversimplify Oh, we oversimplify. Well, I think we, we do a little bit of both, but I think we oversimplify the concept of relationships. You're cool with me. I'm cool with you. We like each other. Nothing bad should happen. We should be okay. What this is right now should be in perpetuity, regardless of the growth, regardless of the life, regardless of the challenges, the circumstances. <laughs> it's going to be this forever. Right? Right. It's an idealism that isn't true. It's not true. And mm. the work hits you hard over the chin. Yeah. Right hook. Yeah. Out cold. (laughs) Out cold and constantly (laughs) reinventing and figuring that out for sure. Mm -hmm. So it takes me back to if you, if you are experiencing a friend and they, let's say they showed you a version of how they react to something, right? We were going back to my my original question was how did you trust your friend's reflection of you? Um, You you can give me your answer on that first and then I'll I'll second because I don't want (laughs) to. Good job of going back to that too. Real journalist. Um, I trust them. I have a small friend group. It's it's not hard. They're all childhood friends. Some friends I met in my teens. Some frat brothers that I got really close to more so than others. Um, it's it's a small group. It's a small group. We we could all fit in a large church van. So it's not hard to trust those people because we've experienced life in a way where I've, I'm able to see who you are. Even if I don't like all those parts of you, I know that they exist. I respect you for who you are. I respect the way you move through life. And I respect your perspective, even though it's very different from mine. That's all I need. Yeah, that's all I need. Yeah. Yeah. So if you were experiencing a friend that you have seen for a long time, right, let's say, or been in a relationship for a while, and they've shown you how they react to certain things, right? Let's say you call something out in their world and you see like, hmm, they don't really like having these type of conversations. And you carry that with you for years. When do you... And then you want to bring up something, let's say, let's say four years later, but you have the assumption of they don't know how to handle this or they have, this is how they react or this is how they do things. Do you now take that on, on, on your own? Because quote unquote, you're trying to protect your friend or you're trying to save the relationship or you don't want things to get uncomfortable. Or do you bring it to them regardless of how they react? Because you now need something as a friend. You need that conversation, right? How, how do both people get what they need? in those type of, in that relationship? Well, I think the first step is understanding that both people are necessarily going to get what they need and definitely not at the same time. Because it's hard to move through the difficulty of that entire asteroid field you just gave me without having that very real understanding as the baseline. Mm-hmm. There's a chance we might not both get what we need right here. Um, ooh, it, it it depends. It depends. It depends. It depends on the kind of friends you are. It depends on how vulnerable you're comfortable being because you both love each other. It doesn't mean that you both are comfortable with the same depth of vulnerability. And if you feel like you're given everything and the person is not, that imbalance is usually going to compound on top of whatever issue you have and make the problem really hard to solve. I, I don't know. I don't know, Stacey. I don't have a definite answer for this yeah. one too. I think it just depends. I think what 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 work what has worked for me in the past is giving people the benefit of the doubt through growth. I can't fortune tell and assume that because four years ago I told you something that made you really uncomfortable and I stopped telling you about that thing for the last four years. Here we are later. I don't see your everyday processes. I don't see your incremental internal growth. I see you as that one thing that sticks out in my mind on a very long timeline. Mm. So I I 
always I try not to fortune tell and I like to give people an opportunity to surprise me. Who am I to say that you can't handle something? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I'd much rather it be a conversation where I can get an idea of how we can solve this problem or how I can get this off in a way that lets you understand how I feel and not just you feeling blamed for how you made me feel. Mm-hmm. I think it, it depends. It depends. It's it's going into it gently. It's having a conversation to see where that person's at. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Maybe they can't handle it. But how do you know? Where's the confirmation? Where's the certainty in that? Um, When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. And all the time, the things that I need, aren't they're not always another person's responsibility or priority. They're not. They're not. And, and that's where stuff. expectations comes in. It always comes back down. That's where always expectations back. come in. Yeah. It always is going to come back to expectations. Yeah, it's not their priority or responsibility. And that and that's another thing with, you know, we have these labels, best friend and and like those those heavy weighted things that they've been my friend since X, Y, Z, 10 years, 20 years, whatever that is, those kind of things. Is it is it unnatural? Is, Is it possible to have a friendship that long and not have expectations? I don't think so. I don't think expectations are a problem. I think expectations become a problem when they're unreasonable because they exceed a person's capacity. You know, man, a friend and I were talking about uh, a friend they have outside of our friend group. And they, I mean, like this person's constantly dumping on them. It's just like an issue. And my friend is always upset with this person. We had a conversation. It's like when someone shows you like where they're at with it consistently over a long period of time, at what point do you own a little responsibility for expecting them to be different than they've always been? Yeah. Not blaming you for what happens. We're not talking about blaming, blaming, we're talking about ownership. At what part, at what point do you own the fact that, you know, you come at me like this every day, all the time. And for some reason, I expect you to be different. That's on me. I need to reconfigure the way I'm thinking about you and how close I allow you to be to me. I'm all about personal responsibility. I'm always going, because I can't control you, Stacey. I can't control my wife. I can't control my kids. I have no desire to control any of these parties. I can only control the way I feel, the way I react, and the things I decide to do. That's it. So if I'm talking to someone, I'm going to talk about personal responsibility because that's what's in your control. And in a perfect world, you can extend that idea of personal responsibility to the party that you have conflict with. And they'd be like, you know what? Yeah, let's jump in this boat and let's solve this shit together. But that's probably not going to happen that way. So how are we going to be all right? Because that's what I'm worried about. Right. You know what I'm saying? How are we going to be okay if we don't get what we need or want? It's up to to. Have you had to turn a close friendship into an acquaintanceship? Like, have you experienced, okay, we've been friends for a certain amount of time and you recognize this is going left and right. We might not still hold these titles that garner close friendship, blah, blah, blah. How do you now experience, I think we're moving into acquaintance and we're, we're, we're not never going to be friends again, but we're just not going to be close anymore. How do we do that? Never personally experienced that. My wife would be a really good person to talk to about that. She's yeah. she's had some really unique experiences with that. I've never experienced that personally because my circle is so small. But I have learned that friendships have changed and they're not as close as they once were. And again, being okay with that. Because I think when you start to force something into a situation that it's not, it's, it's, there's no room for, it's not big enough for that. It, it just makes it awkward. Like one thing that makes friendship dope is authenticity and us naturally vibing the way we do. But when it's like, like that season of Insecure when, when Molly and Issa were beefing and they had that weird dinner, it's like, oh, get out of here, the cringe. 
you know i don't i don't like that that's not a friendship that's us us you know putting a band-aid over a bullet wound that that thing gonna gonna go bad at some point um again it's just gonna be my my relationship with the idea of change or with the idea of things not being what i thought they would be or less than ideal that's that's mine the whole friendships change and that's okay i don't want to force anything because then you can really ruin a friendship that way creates more conflict that both of y'all are two on two totally different sides too far away to talk about yeah, I definitely hear you. I think I I understand why people do the band-aid for a certain amount of time because I think when you you're putting a band-aid because you don't want people to the blood to spew out, right? So mm-hmm. if we undo that band-aid and it spews out, I will say in my personal experience, there's a relationship I, I was in and, and we we had a band-aid on. We've been friends for 10 years and we had a band-aid mm-hmm. on for some that we were like, I don't really know what's going on here, but let's just patch this up. Mm-hmm. And when we opened it. We bled to death. We we might not mm. be from, we we decided I don't think this is moving in the right direction. That was really hard. It wasn't mm-hmm. I'm mad at you, I hate you. It was I just don't think it's working anymore and that hurt even more. Like I didn't even know what to do cuz it's easier to say you pissed me off, she talked about me behind my back. Woo 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 woo, right? Like there's a reason. There's a blame. We can say that in the human nature, mm. that's easier. But when it's just I don't really think we we get each other anymore that's why we had that bandaid on for so long. And, you know, mm-hmm. now we're where we are and it's, it's a tough reality. So even with that, I've been trying to figure out what could we have done differently? When were we supposed mm-hmm. to bring this up? You know, there were things she told me that she held on to from our maybe eight years ago that she was like, I never addressed this with you. And when she did that for me, I thought I was, you know, I have this rule of like, you know, whenever you want to address something with me, it should be comfortable. Right. And then she did. And I was like, You've been hearing that way too long for me to feel comfortable. I don't think you see me anymore. That's a, that to me, right? I'm like, wait, that's something you think about me. So it just ended up not working out (laughs) and it's a scary reality. Yeah, it can be. It can be. No one wants to think of a close friendship or a partnership and then especially not on amazing terms. But there's this comedian who has this joke about divorce. He come out, he says, I'm divorced. And, everyone, and he's like, yeah, I just got a divorce. And the crowd goes, oh, and he says, oh, shut up. He was like, whenever you hear someone say they got a divorce, he was. He said, don't go, uh, because if the marriage was great, then they wouldn't be getting a divorce. Say, oh, congratulations for getting out of a shitty situation you know (laughs) and i always found that joke funny and it kind of informs my thinking around splits in friendships like yeah y'all bled to death because you needed to Mm. you know what i'm saying there's there a, a friendship isn't about the aesthetics let's just let's try to zoom out from 2022 where everything's about aesthetics let's just for a second right a friendship isn't about the outside, the exterior of the house. It's about the support beams inside that joint, the way it's furnished, what color are the floors, how is it leveled, right? It's about the important ingredients on the inside. And if those aren't there, there's nothing there. It's like the tooth, like a tooth, you know, when they do a root canal and they scrape all the insides out, and somebody probably listen to this, like, oh my God, yeah, it's it, yeah, that I think that's a good analogy. It's nasty and painful as it sounds. There's mm-hmm. nothing inside anymore. It's hollow. Mm-hmm. What's what's the point of holding on to that relationship when there's nothing there? You bled out because you all needed to, you didn't die. You feel really sad because something amazing is not there anymore. And perhaps forever is a mighty long time. You know, there is a chance you walk and intersect again in different spaces and have that conversation. Maybe it's not a you and her thing. Maybe it's a you and her in this moment thing. And that's okay. Good for y'all for doing what needed to be done. It sucked. But you did it because it needed to be done. Mm. And... Mental health, one of my favorite therapists online, her name is Kobe Campbell. You got to follow her. She is brilliant. But we were yeah. talking about this, this, um, we're talking about doing the work, how everybody's talking about like they're doing the work. I'm like, no, people are doing self-care, putting cucumbers on your eyelids. That ain't doing the work. That's the part that feels good. <laughs> doing the work is the shit you're talking about now because it mm-hmm. don't feel good. It's easy to go get a massage. It's easy to be on the beach. If you see me enjoying myself, just know I deserve this. Mm. That's easy as hell. Mm. (laughs) 
That's not sad. doing the work. Right. That's not doing the work. Right. People wow. aren't doing the work. People aren't doing the work. It just it sounds like it. It's it's cool to say they're not. That's doing the work. That just sucks. I understand why people ain't doing the work. It ain't fun. It yeah. sucks. I yeah. hate it. Yep. Hate it. Licensed therapist. Hate it. But it's necessary. You know, it's necessary. Damn, Kara. Damn, bro. That was it. That was it. Okay, I got it. I got to circle back to the ingredients in the house. What are those ingredients that are actually that make up a quality friendship? Mm, I, I think on a baseline, it has to fulfill you in a very meaningful way. Doesn't matter what that way is, if it leaves you fulfilled. I think good friendships in really healthy ways validate you. Um, not to the point where you're completely dependent on that friendship validating. But there, there's some validation there that's healthy. Um, and I think a, a, a good friendship doesn't exhaust you. There are times when your friends are going to need you and that moment may be exhausting. But if your friendship is exhausting you, I think that's a that's that's a red flag. Not a red flag. We've overused that. Let me back up from that. Hey there. Ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. Man, they, they took red flag away from us. I think that's kind of like a little bit of a warning sign that Maybe there's something there that needs to be talked about. I'm not saying that you're in a place to talk about it or you got the words or that person got the capacity because because needing to talk about some shit is never dependent on your ability to do it. It exists whether you're ready for it or not. Just know that it's there and prepare yourself to come to it. Maybe have small conversations with that person, see where they at. And fresh, it's a lot of work, man, dealing with people, you know? Mm. <laughs> people will work. So it's... Oh, man, you got me reflecting on my friendships, man. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I don't know. Let me ask you a question. Sure. Do you think that, because I know you, you're really, you're self-reflective. Do you think out of all of your friends, out of your friendships, when we talk about, um, you know, it fulfilling you in a way, even if you can't define how it does or invalidating you, do you think you have any type of friendship that you may still be holding on to that doesn't do any of those things that I just made and it exhausts you? Do you think you hold on to anyone now? I don't. I don't. Good. I've been pretty critical in the past two years and people have been critical with me, right? Like some mm-hmm. people have been like, Stace, you're not it. And and no one said like that, but people have. Damn. No, 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 definitely not. No, definitely not. Again, some people have addressed me with things that I had to sit and reflect about and how I, mm-hmm. I show up and I had to make a choice. Do I want to be a better friend or do I want to fold here? Right. Mm-hmm. A friend friend came to me and said, my boundaries conflict with your expectations. Mm-hmm. And that shit hurt. But at the same time, it was one of the most healing things she could have said, because I recognized, I said, you know what? I am putting expectations on you that you have showed me do does not rock with what you want. And I am the one who is saying like, but this is what it means to do this, 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 because that is some of the friendships I'm in. That's a big part of our friendship, right? Just how we show up for each other in certain ways while her and I have our own ways. And I have tried mm-hmm. to kind of blanket, right? Mm-hmm. Based on the, how long we've known each other and, and we've known each other for so long that I'm like, we're not like this. And she's like, we're not. And I was like, why not? I mean, I was, I was, I was genuinely like, how, how what? And she, I, I think I'm so grateful for her. I'm grateful for her showing me where I also 
just didn't want to see differently. And maybe it was yeah. scared to see differently, right? It was mm-hmm. scared to try something new because it also mean I had to step back on what I wanted and needed from her. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I can do these other things though. And I'm like, you're right. You do do these whole other things. So that was a really exciting, oh, we still get to do this. Cause I was had a fear of, oh, are we not going to make it? Like we not, something not vibing. I'm not sure if we're going to make it. Mm-hmm. And that, um, I don't know, it caused me some fear and some anxiety, which I did express to her. I was like, I think I'm anxious about us having this real talk because I'm not sure what's going to happen at the end. And she was like, I'm anxious too. And I was like, okay, bet. Let's just have it now. You know? And so, so after that, that was one of the recent talks. And I will say that made me be like, okay, I'm currently not holding on to any, but there was another friendship that, yeah, we, we just kind of separated, like you said earlier, beautifully, which I'm going to hold on to. It might just be a her and I not now, right. It just might be that it might not be for everything. But in the moment I was proud to be able to say, Hey, I don't really think that we're on the same page right now, whether we're reading the same book, I'm not sure, but right now the pages aren't the same. And I think adulting is exhausting (laughs) and there's almost only so much space. So I think we should give each other some space back and and then revisit this when we, in the next chapter. Yeah. You just helped me realize just even explaining that the people have People need different things from their friendships. I'm a very low maintenance friend. I don't really need you to call me. I don't need you to talk to me. If we hang out whenever you're available, that's cool. I'm super low maintenance. Is that because you're married? Is that because you're in a significant... You don't think so? Okay. I've always been that way. Yeah, I've always... I I never want to feel like I'm intrusive on anybody else's time or bandwidth with my expectations. Mm -hmm. That's a me thing. Mm -hmm. So I'll go out of my way to make sure that I'm not intruding. Um, probably it used to be a lot of times to my own detriment, but the, my problem was always that I had that expectation of other people. And the second that I feel like you become needy, I, I disassociate because I have very high internal expectations of adults to be able to self-regulate. I know that's my stuff, right? It's my stuff right there. So I just, whenever I feel like you being too needy, I disconnect. So what I've learned is whenever I feel like someone's being needy, I take a half step back. And if I really love you, say, what is it that you would ideally like for me to do? I know my patience. I don't got a lot of it. I got a short window to do what you need before I'm like, you know what? That's a you thing. And I walk off, you know, not exactly like that. You got more (laughs) patience for some than others. I do. My wife has a huge space there. Maybe some of my friends are more acquaintances, got a little teeny tiny number. Right, right. But, but regardless, I'm just more aware of my limitations in that space. And I'm getting straight to the grits. What's up? What you need? Mm-hmm. You know, in the nicest way that I can possibly muster. I'm done with idealisms. And, and I will, I'm gonna try to meet you where you where you are the best way I can. But I can't keep holding myself, okay. I'm gonna handle this perfectly in this situation. I'm gonna sit down, I'm gonna give you exactly this, you're gonna say that. No. That ain't how shit ever worked. Mm. So just just getting my expectations in order before we, we get to talking and understand where I'm at and give it to you in a way that you can respond to me in a way that's helpful and not just reactive, you know? You talked about the work that a lot of people aren't doing it. Mm. And I agree. <laughs> I, I, I agree based on the fact that I think that we have again, we have overused some phrases and some words and we have aesthetically delivered what these things are instead of genuinely recognizing that every single thing's a process. And if we recognize that, I think we would talk less and do more, right? And so what is the work actually include? What does that include specifically in relationships? What does that include? I think the the work is vying for self-awareness i always recommend the people to go and see a therapist go and mm. see a therapist and I always i always say i know it is it's scary for some people you feel like you're not ready but it's being realistic about your journey to self-awareness and being honest with yourself for instance this thing on instagram i see all the time where people are hitting the gym they're like the gym is my therapist. The gym is my therapist. These weights are my therapist. Mm. Running is my therapist. And it's a little, I get what they're saying, but it's a slippery slope 
because that's just one part of therapy. How I say self-care is just one part of doing the work. Well, one part of therapy is doing the things that make you aesthetically look good so you feel better about yourself, you know, get your circulatory system popping, your respiratory, all of that, all the great things that the gym does. The other piece of that is helping you deal with the things that happened to you very long ago that affect your personality and your relationships with others in a way that you can't possibly see. The gym ain't going to help you do that. The gym ain't going to help you cope with some of your deep, deep negative fears that spot out in ways that push people away from you. Ain't no way it's going to help you do that. A therapist will. And it's my therapy style is really conversational. I, you don't sit in a chair. You know, like, hmm, yeah, that's interesting. We talking and if you say something crazy, I'm like, they did that for real? Like my, 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 it's, it's conversational, but you still get to the same place. So I always encourage people to go and see a therapist to help you deal with the things that are going on in here and going on in here because distortions are, are real, you know? Yeah. Have you ever had clients that are friends? Have you, have you heard of friendship therapy? We did some research on that and I was definitely looking to see what you thought about that or if it's popular or have you had those type of clients before or would you I never heard of it. That? What is it? Yeah. Friend, they're my friends? Friend, friend therapy, right. So, you know, think about girlfriends when Joan went to therapy and then Tony crashed and then it ended up being friend therapy and they were going together. That's a oh, real like thing. two friends and therapy? Two friends going, mm-hmm. oh, I mm-hmm. wish people would do that more. Oh. I think that is brilliant. Yeah, it's an intermediary. A therapist is an impartial party that can help you all figure out how to communicate with one yes. another. That's it. That's the whole thing. I'm not on your side. I ain't on her side. I'm hearing your side. I'm hearing your side. I'm not even taking the side. I'm just saying, oh, well, let's think about this this way. And let's think about this that way. And then have you all, and then give you all the tools to work it out on your off time. Mm. Because it's, it's all about... I think of it like a hose. And if you take a water hose and you you crinkle it up, all I'm doing is I'm finding where the blockage is and I'm just straightening it out. Oh, you believe that when she's distant, that she that that's um that that's she's uh making a statement about your closeness. Mm-hmm. And you believe that when she gets loud that she's being aggressive, but really she's afraid because she's not being heard. Okay, I get it. So let me put this, 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 this. All right, y'all tell me, y'all try. Let me see how that works. No, okay, let's try this. Then let's move this piece and this piece and this piece. And eventually you get to a place where you can have a conversation where you can both talk and be understood. I wish more friends would go to therapy. Absolutely. And parents. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, But the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Guys, do you think guys would do it? <laughs> I don't want to generalize men, but probably not. Probably not as frequently as women. But I don't. That's not. That's not a charge to men. And that's the thing that's really an issue in the mental health space is the mental health space is now predominantly driven by women. And men don't have friendships like women. Men don't seek community like women. But that's kind of be, like the way that women do it is kind of being normed in the space. Kind of like how real life, everything is normed for what men want. And women kind of got to fit in where they can and all type of bullshit. Mm-hmm. It's the inverse in the mental health space. And the expectation is for men to build communities and speak to each other the same way that women do. And that is, that's that's an illogical expectation. It's going to lead to failure almost every time. Mm. Um, I, I think that men can do it. It just has to look different. It has to, it just has to be set up different so they can feel comfortable in the space. How do you reestablish boundaries in a friendship? Like, again, if if we have now... Boundaries or, again, operating systems, right? So let's say we've had, I keep going back to the 10-year friendship, and then I, I would love to just ask you about new friendships, but the 10-year friendship, how do we make sure we're pouring into each other and not taking from each other away? Because I think it's easy to phone it in after a certain amount of years. You know each other, you love each other, you have deep understanding, and at the same time, you're constantly changing. Boundaries have changed, priorities have changed, life has changed. And I think it's harder, I think, again, in theory, we all say, oh, of course we're changing, blah, blah, blah. But in actuality and in experience, how do we update each other on those those harder conversations? I think it's two part. One part being checking in with the other person when you're not in conflict. Most of the time, the 
most often when you have conversations about how someone upsets you, it comes out most easily when you're already pissed off or you already have conflict. But that's not the best place to resolve an issue. I think that's one side. And then the other side, that's what you put out. And then what you take in is learning how to accept criticism that doesn't feel good. Because mm. they can tell you something, but if you're not in the place to accept the criticism, it's so easy to write it off. Like, oh, no, nah, you're just saying that because you're upset. Oh, no, you're just saying that because you're jealous. And now you're misinterpreting and undermining a person, which now makes this conversation more difficult because they're going to have to defend themselves. And now who the hell is listening? And who the hell is talking? Where we at? Uh, so I think it's being able to accept that criticism. I think that's a that's the the second half of that important piece. Yeah. We have a segment on the show called Honest Gems, where you have already dropped so many gems, but I would love to do an Honest Gem segment with you. The first question is, what's something they don't tell us about being a good friend? <laughs> something they don't tell us about being a good friend that it, there's a. Uh, a super thin line between being there for the people you love and taking on other people's troubles and their responsibilities unnecessarily. It's a really thin line. What's something they don't tell us about personal growth within friendships? Something they don't tell you about personal growth within friendships is something they don't tell you about personal growth, period, is that it does not always feel good and it does not always feel fulfilling. Mm. It actually can feel really emptying and lonely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. What's something they don't tell us about navigating life with transitions to win friendships? <laughs> oh man. Um, that it's <clears throat> that it's okay to tell someone how they hurt you. Just make sure you don't persecute them for making you feel bad. Mm, can you elaborate? Yeah, I actually said this in a speech one time and it came off the top of my head. I said it before I realized it. But there's a difference between telling somebody they upset you to inform them of what they said and how you feel. There's a difference between that and just using your words to lash out at someone because they hurt you and now you want to make them hurt too. Those are two different concepts that kind of get meshed together because it feels good to be angry sometimes. It feels good to rage. It feels good to cuss somebody out. It feels good to make a person feel small sometimes. It's okay to say that. It feels good to make other people feel small. That's why so many of us do it so often. It supercharges the hell out of your need for power and control. Are you serious? The ego goes nuts when you do that. So it's, it's, it's all those things all rolled up in the one. I think we should really sit with what you like here. Just share with us. That is one of those moments that doesn't feel good, but is so honest and so true that sometimes we really do take out things on people that actually have nothing to do with them. We do it a mm-hmm. lot. We're humans. Mm-hmm. And at mm-hmm. the same time, my mind immediately goes to navigating the competitiveness and friendships genuinely i feel like that's something we don't really talk about right that that there can be natural competitiveness in friendships and i wonder do you think that there always is do you think it's possible for two people to never compete in a relationship do you think that that means if they are competing it's a negative thing mm, that's a good question i don't have personal experience with that i i don't i've never been in competition with a friend those two things don't match to just the way my brain puts things mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do understand that that is a thing. And for some people, that's the bailiwick of their relationship, this mm-hmm. competitiveness, kind of like a frenemy type thing. Right. Um, you know, it, I, I think people approach other people in different ways. I don't think that that's weird. I don't think that it's wrong. I think it's just a way that people interact with one another. I think it becomes a problem if you're not aware that that's kind of the genesis of your relationship and you perceive the relationship to be based on something different. Oh, that's scary. Cause I definitely, as soon as I heard friend of me, I was like, wow, that's really uncomfortable. I don't think I have friends where, well, let me not say, I think I don't, I know I don't have friendships that we, we, you know, succumb to a friend of me relationship, but I wonder, mm-hmm. I'm like, 
again, we all are assuming our friendships are living in a certain way until we check in. And as mm-hmm. you said, have I checked in with my friendships? I'm like, when do we do another one? And it's really just about some of those other the other layers under what competitive means, right? Like, do we need our friend to validate us and make sure that they see us the same way we see ourselves? Do we, mm-hmm. if they don't see us, do we feel like they're hating on us? Like there's all those little things that my mind, it says, huh, is that under competition or is that just natural friends needing and needing something from each other and mm-hmm. maybe not expressing it? And that's why you even do the competitive thing. Yeah, it could be a little bit of both. Yeah. It could be one on one particular day or a little bit of both. It, it comes down to needs, needs mm-hmm. and expectations and how you even cognitively frame friendship in your head. How do you use friends? How do you use friendship? What need does it fulfill? Just because we're friends, we have common interests doesn't mean that the friendship does the same things for us. Yeah. You do you know? think there are friendships that are non-transactional? What do you mean? I guess you think it's possible to be in a, I wrote friendship or my mind is saying friendship, but I'm also thinking any relationship. Do you think relationships can be non-transactional where it doesn't matter what, like at the same time, we don't need to be receiving the same thing. It doesn't need to be tick for tat. Tick for tat's a little basic, but you know, that, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I have, I have a lot of friendships that, that aren't like that. And I do have some friendships that are largely transactional. Um, it also brings, begs the question, what's the threshold for a person to be considered a friend? Is it closeness? Is it time? Is it shared experience? Mm. Uh, I don't, I don't know how you, how you measure that, but yeah, absolutely. I think friendships can be both transactional and non-transactional. I, I think what you could be in a friendship where one person thinks it's transactional and another one doesn't. If you don't check in, how would you know? <laughs> Before we wrap, I just want to ask, are you making any new friends these days? How is that? As you mentioned earlier, Damn, it's a big... <laughs> Go ahead. Damn. You asked me questions about shit I struggle with in real life. Nah, let's, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> you asked me, have I made any friends? Are you making new friends right now? Is it a lot more challenging as an adult in this time of your life? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's because my life is weird now, though. Like, mm-hmm. I don't... I don't live the life I lived three years ago with the social media thing. I'm in public, like people know who I am now. We're starting to get invited to celebrity parties and stuff like that. And I'm, I'm me. Like I'm, this is where I just I show up in every room. I don't care who you are. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm meeting people who I otherwise would never accept as a friend because I just, I'm, I was captain of no new friends club for a long time. I have a, I grew up in the projects. I've seen too much. I have a very large mis- uh, distrust for people. <clears throat> but just being more accepting of how folks roll into your life and what they give you and just giving people a chance to surprise you. Mm-hmm. I've, been, I've been making friends for my entire life that I didn't accept this. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Friends, because I just don't want the drama or the competitiveness or any of that. It's just not my thing. I hate drama. Mm. But uh, accepting these people has been a tremendous surprise and it's been amazing. And they, the thing about newer friends is they meet you and they only know you in the part of life that's most recent. So the yeah. way they give the reflection of yourself back at you. It doesn't have those shadows of who you were five, six years ago. Yeah. That's helpful sometimes to like, oh, Stacey, you changed from eight years ago, but it's also helpful to have somebody show you what they see in you right at this moment that you can't necessarily see in yourself. That's valuable insight, you know? Do you so, ever yeah, feel absolutely. like you have to up- update your, new, not update, but you have new friends. Do you want to catch them up? I've seen myself do that before. Some new friends, I'm like, wow, this is really exciting. You're getting to know me today. Wow. And then some people, I'm like, wow, you're meeting me today. Like, kind of not a good day. I should give you, here's the past year. I was really cool last year. This year, I'm a little awkward. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little like, you know, I don't know if you ever feel like you need to catch people up or do you prefer to get for them to get to know you where you are? Yeah, get to know me where I'm at. I, yeah. I'm, I'm an in the moment person. I, yeah. I spent so much time being obsessed with the past, fixated on the future. I'm trying mm. to be where my feet at right now. I am where I am. This is me. What's up? Yeah. 
Because at the very least, I know if you don't like me, you don't like who I am at my core. Bet. I don't have to pretend I ain't got to put on no face. You don't like me for me. We don't even got to do this. Yeah. It's cool. You know, I, I, I prefer to give people exactly what it is up front and then we make a mutual decision on how we want to go. But yeah, I'm where I am. I'm, I'm comfortable here. I'm balancing. Come balance with me. It's all good. So how did you <laughs> help people get to know them, get to get to know themselves through different relationships now, new relationships now? Because I, I just really hear you when you said, OK, it's a little hard right now, not just the pandemic, but I think just making new adult friends. I think it's really important. And again, I was a part of the. Yep. No new friends. I love my friends and I have great friends that we have really worked through so much together. And at the same time, I'm like, wow, I don't. Should I get to know some new people <laughs> that maybe, you know, could get to know me now? And I wonder for you, do you have some advice or ways that people can try that? There's apps, social media is crazy, but are there other ways that have worked for you? Common interests, usually. I mm-hmm. think friendship is best when it's organic, not necessarily rolling into it with the expectation. We're going to be friends. I don't give, when I meet you, I meet you at a neutral. I don't love you. I don't dislike you. I meet you at a neutral and I allow us to figure each other out or not. I don't think friendship is something that necessarily needs to be forced. Um, but where where you are in your life is so temporary. You're mm-hmm. not going to be this the same person. I remember you said, man, you should have met me last year. I was way cooler. Hey, yo, they, who just say they would have liked that version of you as much as they like this one? Right, you know? Right. You know, it's... Right. Just trying to be where my feet at in my real life, in my relationships, in my head, in my heart. It's not easy, though. I ain't going to play like this is like you just roll up on it like a nightclub. It takes a lot of <laughs> it takes a lot of work to get here and a lot of patience with yourself when you fail. But that's why I'm at with it. Here mm. gains, everyone. Always such a pleasure. Right. <laughs> Yes, always such a pleasure. And honestly, shout out to old friends. I'll do this for myself. And if you want to shout out anybody, I definitely want to shout out all my friends, older friends, newer friends, because I do recognize actually in the pandemic, I did make a lot of new friends and they already feel like old friends, which is why I was like, oh, wow, I haven't made it. But I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, I just met you two years ago. That And they have become such beautiful people in my life. And again, those reflections have been such an amazing thing, which is why I wanted to talk about this with you, not only as a licensed therapist, but as a male, as a black male, as a guy who is so, so expressive, but at the same time reflective and also be like, I don't really care. We can talk about something. Not like you have all those layers, which is my favorite part about our friendship. And it's just like that to me makes such a great friend. So shout out to you for being on the show and for joining us again. Thank you. Never, oh, never a dull moment. Yeah, I love I love being here. Can I shout out some friends? Of course you can. Please do. Um, so shout out to instead of shouting out friends, shout out to my friends. I love y'all. But instead of shouting out friends, shout out to the people who are consciously overcoming mistrust and distrust of people and making Mm -hmm. new friends and allowing folks to surprise them. And shout out to people who are making new friends and still holding space for their old friends and still holding space for your old friends through your growth through the changes in your life and allowing people to be there for you and taking the moments where you have capacity to be there for other folks as well. There's nothing left to say. <laughs> it's that important, man. It's important. That's so, so good. Important. That's so good. I hope wherever you are, if you're listening to this, you really felt what we both just expressed because I think, again, these things are how do you measure those changes, those growths, those those new versions of, you know, you're you're allowing yourself to trust more and more and more. And there's you don't really know until somebody says, hey, by the way, you're such an amazing, kind, trusting friend. You're like, wow, when did I become that? You know, or whatever. <laughs> you know, it's amazing. I'm, I'm just I'm proud of us. I'm proud of us for those who are really doing the work, who are taking time to be through the very uncomfortable waters. And I hope this episode helps you do the work in your relationships, in your friendships and with yourself. That's the main sure. thing. You can only control yourself. <laughs> Appreciate you. Thank you guys for listening to Human to Human. And thank you, Cure Games. For sure. Thank you for having me on. Love it here. Thanks for listening to the Human to Human podcast and this episode with Cure Games. Friendships are a big part of our lives. And I've been going through a few changes in my own friendships. So this episode was very timely. Now, I hope you've already sent it to a friend. But if not... 
Hello, send it to a friend. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, leave a review. And while you're at it, share this with someone you love or just someone you like, as long as you share it. Stay connected between episodes and follow us on Instagram at human to human with Stacey Ike. I'm your host, Stacey Ike. And remember, curiosity is the pathway to consciousness. So let's take the next step together. This episode was produced by executive producer Stacey Ike, producer Paris McCoy, and associate producer Emma Jackson, audio engineer Brian Schaefer, theme music Pieces by After the Fall, music released by Chill Out Records, post-production audio by Revolts, and special thanks to our guests, supporters, and the entire team at Human to Human Productions. an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.